Hey, Coda Girls and Allies. Welcome back to Girls Who Code, the podcast. I'm Alexis. And I'm Lily, and we're your hosts. We have a special guest joining us today, Dominique Malloy, who is a recent graduate from UVA and will be our guest host with us today. Hi, everyone, and thank you, Alexis and Lily, for having me, I guess, again, <laughs> after the hackathon episode. But like they said, my name is Dominique Malloy, and I graduated from the University of Virginia this May with a Bachelor of Arts in Computer Science with a minor in Statistics. Um, I was a member of Girls Who Code UVA, and more specifically, I did logistics for the hackathon committee. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we're so glad you can make it. Let's get started. Today, we wanted to highlight Black women in STEM at UVA, and Selena, Dominique, and Alicia are with us today to share their experiences and accomplishments. Thank you all for joining us today. To begin, could you introduce yourselves with your first name, pronouns, major, year, and a fun fact? Yeah, so I'm Selena, I use she, her pronouns. I was a computer science major, graduated this past May, and a fun fact about me is that Ariana Grande used to follow me on Twitter before she deleted her account. Can we take a moment to unpack that? How did you get noticed? So I used to have a pretty big One Direction fan account when I was in like middle school, had that, you know, a couple thousand followers. Um, and one day she just followed me. It was, it was so exciting. But then recently, like in the past few months, she deleted her Twitter account. So I no longer have the follow, which is devastating. You have the memory. That's wonderful. Exactly. I have the memory of the follow. Ariana Grande is a directioner. Confirmed. <laughs> All right. Again, um, Dominique Malloy. I use she, her pronouns. I was a computer science major. I recently graduated. A fun fact about myself, I recently got my bartending license. That's so cool. That must have been a lot of work and a very good skill to have. Congratulations and congratulations to you both for graduating this past semester. Thank you. Thank you. Hi everyone, my name is Alicia Lan. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a computer science major in engineering school here at UVA. I'm a rising fourth year. And a fun fact about me is I'm currently interning at Google as a software engineer. What have been some of your favorite classes as a CS major at UVA? So definitely one of my top classes would be Intro to Cybersecurity with Orobot. She was such an amazing teacher. Um, then I also really enjoyed programming languages for web development and advanced software development because I had good groups. So it made like all of the work through the semester go by super easily and I learned a bunch of new skills. I really have to second the intro to cybersecurity. Love Professor Orobal. She has so much industry experience and then what she brings to academia is like tops everything especially because cyber is something that you need no matter what realm of CS you go into. I too love that class. 100% take it while you're here. I think that's a great question. I think uh, a lot of those classes at UVA, um, the computer science classes are very difficult. I think those core classes, they can really get you, especially at that third year um, level. But I think kind of reflecting on my experience, uh, the two classes that have really impacted me and 
maybe that I didn't necessarily love, but really helped me. And I can see already helping me in my internship is uh, human computer interactions, which gave me a really, really good understanding of um, user interface and the different factors that like truly make um, technology more accessible, which I think is a really big factor we don't always think of and aren't always thought, we don't always think about. And the other class, unfortunately, I would have to say algorithms. And at the time, I really did not like that. I was struggling through that class, but did it help me? Boy, did it help me. Uh, I think the skills I was able to take from that were just like absolutely amazing. I can see uh, I'm using in practice a lot, so yeah. I'm so glad that that class helped you. <laughs> I personally, <laughs> I don't know how much it helped me, but one day, one day. And then uh, shifting a little bit, what inspired you all to pursue a STEM field? So I did not know that I wanted to do computer science at all coming into college. I took um, my first class, just intro to CS, and completely fell in love with like the problem solving aspect of it. The fact that there's no like one single way to solve a problem. Um, but then also part of the development process is like, okay, it works. Now, how do I make it better, like cleaner, um, faster, whatever. And the fact that there's so many like sub areas within CS to explore that you can find something for sure that you like have a knack for. For me, um, growing up, my favorite subject was always math. Like Selena said, I'm a problem solver. Like if I get a problem, I'm going at it until I get to some solution. Um, so in middle school or high school, I was a club kid, which means that I attended my local boys and girls club regularly. And when I got to high school, they invited me to join a program called Alloy Achievers, which focused on STEAM. So STEM plus the arts. And it was for um, high school students all around the DMV. If you're not familiar with the DMV, that's DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Um, but within the program, they focused on STEAM learning and career and college development. So I got to learn a lot and just really delve into my interest in math. And I learned how that expanded to coding. Um, we had a robotics challenge. And that's when I really first started coding, you know, learning for loops and if statements, you know, if the robot gets too close to this barrier, it needs to make a left. So <laughs> that is what really got me into coding and wanting to just go further with it. I no longer do robotics. I'm on the data science side, but that is where the inspiration started. Well, uh, I'll tell, I guess, a little story about my experience and kind of what inspired me. Uh, so I went to a very small high school of around 200 people and it was all girls. Uh, and I really love that experience. I mean, just all around and just it gave me the opportunity to take a coding class my first year there and um, I remember going in and just hearing all these bad things about this class no one wanted to take this coding class and I was like oh boy not gonna like this um, but I took it and I really really liked it and just all throughout the rest of high school I just took every other class there was possible and then when there wasn't any I did independent studies just so I can learn more about it and I think what really 
inspired me and I think caught my attention, which isn't something we always think of when we think of coders, is just the creativity that you have. Um, I think it can, from the outside, it can look very structured and one way to go, just formula-like, but there's so many ways to create those formulas and to create those uh, solutions to the problems that you're solving. So I think just being creative, but also using math skills and um, computer science is just, it's super fun. And I'm really glad I went in this direction, yeah. Those stories are so awesome. I'm curious, what was your first language? What, what language were you guys taught in your high school? We were taught that first class we learned block code, you know, uh, Scratch. That was the first. <laughs> that was the first language that we learned. Um, and I mean, just blocks, but they do have. There's some logic there, so <laughs> that was good. But I think my first, um, I guess, real quote unquote real language was Python, um, and I think. I think talking to a lot of people, a lot of people will like that first language that they learn, but I actually like Java. I think that's my favorite language now. Um, but I'm curious to hear from you guys, like what, um, what language did you start off with and then what do you like now? So I started with java um very like on a very basic level because in my high school i took a computer math class with my sca advisor and we did some like um i guess you could say animations they were very basic but yeah we used java to make animations and then i liked it but i didn't really take it anywhere and then when I took CS 1110, I fell in love with Python. I just love the readability of it. I'm, you know, I'm more of a stat person and data person. So I feel like Python is way more applicable in that side of CS than Java. Or even, I would even choose Python over R. That's a whole nother argument that I tend to have a lot, but hey. And then is there anything that you wish you knew before pursuing a STEM field? Specifically for CS, I wish I knew earlier on that like hackathons and side projects aren't just for like the geniuses or the people who already know what they're doing. And that like there's a ton of resources for people who have no idea what they're doing. Um, and that it's like overall a great way to gain experience. Cause I think just hearing that um, as a first year freshman, it's kind of intimidating. It's like, what do you mean a hackathon where you're just coding for all this time and it's like you have to make a project? Um, it can sound like overwhelming, but it's a really great opportunity. I love that answer. Mine is a little bit more on the basic side. I was going to say I really wish I knew how interdependent all the areas were. Um, like when I first started with CS, I was taking the classes, doing the coursework, you know, finding little fun side projects. And then as I got into higher level stuff, not just in the CS department, but like in psychology classes or sociology classes, especially when, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Especially when I took um, a systems thinking course through my internship. 
And I'm like, wow, this stuff really connects with CS and it, I would have never known. Um, so just knowing how interdependent all the areas are across science and math, because you know, we all have our own symbols, but we speak to the same concepts in our world. So when you're solving real world problems, you know, every team in the industry requires someone from each field. Otherwise we wouldn't understand the problems we're solving and we wouldn't be successful. Most definitely, that's a great response. And Dominique, since you, since Selena brought up hackathons, could you share a little bit about your experience working with Girls Who Hack on the committee? Yes, of course. So for Girls Who Hack, we had three different sections. You know, we had business ops, logistics and planning, and that's mainly where I was. So we came up with the rules for judging the competition, all the workshops, we decided on topics and figured out you know, who can we recruit to teach this workshop? Does one of us need to teach it? Um, for example, I was also a um, CS1110, so intro to programming teaching assistant. So I ended up teaching the intro to Python workshop at the hackathon, um, along with Srini, who was another team lead for logistics with Girls Who Hack, and that was really fun. Um, the experience was a little bit chaotic in the beginning, it was really hard because I actually had never been to a hackathon myself. Um, so when we first started, what we all decided to do was attend in it, which is through um, MLH. And that helped us see, okay, this is what, this is the, you have to really plan, like what experience do we want our hackers to have and then decide how can we create that for the hackers. Um, so to attend in it and then kind of break down the experience we wanted everyone to have and plan our workshops that way is what made it really easy for us. Um, I think the highlight of it was really seeing everything come to fruition on Hackathon Day, or the weekend, it wasn't one day, it was 48 hours. So throughout that entire weekend, it was a great experience. That's great, thank you so much for sharing. I think kind of touching on the topic of today, just the experience of Black women, I obviously before I entered the field, I I understood that the representation was not there. And I knew I mentally prepared for that. But I think actually seeing it was a whole different thing. Um, and that includes classes at UVA, that includes um, especially the higher classes. And I think that's something a lot of people don't think of. I think the higher you go in your CS career, the less diverse, less representation um, you get. And now just being able to get this um, field experience in my internship, um, it's it's crazy. I mean, the, the, I had the opportunity to do a coffee chat the other day and um, they gave us kind of a spreadsheet of all the different full-time employees that were available to talk to interns and they had, you could filter by, uh, I believe, you could filter by uh, the role someone had, the different um, groups that they were a part of. So I decided to put um, software engineer and then um, black women at Google. And when I did that, um, one person came up and there are thousands of people in that database. And I think that's obviously not something that's 
particular to Google, but um, it just, I think it, it really put things in perspective and I think it shocked me, but, um, but luckily there was that one person and I had the opportunity to, to talk to her and it was really, really great just being able um, to talk to her about her experience, um, what it's like living in the Bay Area and all that stuff. But yes, long-winded answer that I think I wish I knew just how drastic it is. Um, but honestly, I don't think it's something that you can know until you experience it yourself. Um, yeah, I remember like last year, I don't know if I told you about this, last year I like was in like a little meeting for like the internship. It was like a coffee chat or like coffee time where like everyone like joins. And this was like my team and I was like kind of just getting started. And I like entered the little WebEx call and it's all like middle-aged white men and me, <laughs> a youth, <laughs> a woman of color that is not a man nor middle-aged or white. I was like, man, this is this is why they have all those minority groups, huh? This is why they're trying to get us in. And I'll also add something um, that I I am Latinx and Black mixed um, background, and I never. I mean, I rarely have the opportunity to meet someone with the same background that's, that identifies like I do, but. Yeah, just, I think, no one. There, I mean, there's so little, like, the, um, like, Afro-Latinx identifying people here. Um, so that's also another thing, you know, intersectionality, the further you go, the less you're going to find. But also, I think, I would like to also mention, although it sounds very upsetting and it can really get you discouraged about getting into the field I think um, if you find the right company if you find the right spaces that perspective will be appreciated um, not always but you're gonna have those people to support you and that perspective is gonna help just create technology that's more accessible just in every way, shape, or form. We just, we need more, we need more Black women in the field to be able to create these things that um, we, as a group in the, just in the world, will be able to use and feel included. Absolutely. And basing off of that, what does your identity mean to you? So I, immediately think of what Michelle Obama um, said being black and predominantly white fields you have to work twice as hard to get half as far and add being a woman on top of that um, is like having to work even harder to get to where um, you know mostly white men are today um, so I guess in summary it means kind of beating the odds but also I think that it's important to remember where I came from and also be there for those who are coming after me as like a mentor or a friend or really whatever they need in order to be successful. So my identity to me is more so focusing on my community and how I can give back. So I'm always looking out for my fellow Black peers, making sure they're receiving opportunities and the resources that they need to be successful. Um, and I really relied on that within the roles that I gained myself. So like as a TA, I was always looking out for the Black students making sure that they understand what's going on in the course and how 
you know, how they can basically they capitalize on their skills in CS. And even if they're not interested in programming, how can they take these tech skills and apply them to, you know, I have friends who want to be therapists. So how can I apply that to helping out my future patients? Or if they're in the nursing field, how are, you know, how are our machines coded and how can I use whatever I'm learning in CS to apply to whatever field I'm going into in the future? Um, but another thing with my identity is it heavily, it's heavily influenced amongst my culture. And that's something that I don't see other people in the field understanding as often. So my identity to me is me being a representative for others like me and making sure that I represent black people well within the world. Uh, I am someone that is very, very proud of their identity, I think. Um, it's my identity is what has brought me to this point. It's what um, made me the person I am. I truly believe that just the experiences that I've had. Um, and it, it means, like I mentioned before, it just means perspective, a perspective that is useful and powerful. Um, and I think that's so important for Black women to understand, everybody to understand that like we are important, our perspective is important, our identity and the space that we take up and just overall what we can offer. Um, and I, I am a part of the National Society of Black Engineers um, at UVA. I serve as the president uh, and that part of my identity and the experience that I've been able to have with that organization has really made my college experience what it has been. So it, in all, I think it means, um, my identity is who I am, um, but it's also the people and spaces that I'm able to be a part of in a field that has so little of us. It, it means a lot, yeah. Thank you for sharing. And do you have any advice for future Black women interested in STEM? Just briefly, I will say that imposter syndrome is real, but you yourself are not an imposter and that you belong just as much as anyone else. Yes, yes, yes. Like, snaps to that. Um, my biggest advice is don't worry about others' reactions or comments, concerns, whatever it is on your journey to whatever goals you set for yourself. Um, as a Black woman in STEM, you're going to face any kind of opposition every single day. It's a matter of staying true to yourself, um, staying positive, and remembering that not everyone's negativity is actually about you. So. Take, that, take everything with a grain of salt, but also remember that you're worthy of being exactly where you are at any moment. That's beautiful advice. Thank you both. I would say reach out to people. I think being able to talk to someone like you um, that has gone through what you want to get into, um, just being able to talk to someone that's gone through it can help a lot 
uh, and also join organizations like Girls Who Code and Nesby and all these organizations that can help you feel like you have a safe space um, because it will make a difference in your experience, I think. Also, I think something to prepare for is imposter syndrome. I think that a lot of, so everybody can feel imposter syndrome. I think no matter where you go, um, and that is normal. Imposter syndrome is normal. It means you're aware of your surroundings and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. But I think the biggest thing to realize is that when you're feeling imposter syndrome, you're not here for no reason, uh, whether it be getting into UVA, getting into the e-school or getting an internship, you, you are meant to be there. You're not, you are not just chosen because of what you look like, but for your skill as well. Beautifully said, thank you. What are some resources that have helped us throughout college? So for example, clubs or general UVA resources and offices? So the first thing that came to my mind is actually a website called W3Schools. Um, and they have like a very extensive kind of overview of a lot of different programming languages. Um, and I would use that to review like whole languages before like an interview or like coding challenges, things like that. Um, and honestly, just day to day, like in classes when we're switching between like C++ and Python and Java, sometimes I forget how to write a for loop. It, it happens. And so just a quick Google search um, to kind of refresh my memory on what that language um looks like and feels like, I guess, is pretty good for me. For me, I was heavily using um, visualizers for like code snippets like Python Tutor, which they also have a C++ version that I remember using in CS2150. Um, <laughs> let's see. I was very heavy on like LinkedIn learning and um, I didn't ever use Udemy, but I know a lot of people that did as well. When it comes to UVA resources, I was always in AAA for mental support, you know, going to the deans. Um, a lot of the deans have retired, so now it's flipping switches, but everyone there is just as helpful, just as much of a community. And then in the Office of Dean of Students, you have Tabitha Enoch, love that woman to death. She's amazing, always there, willing to support and listening ear. Anything I needed, I would call her, text her, be in her office, just, she was amazing. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> See, clubs, of course, Girls Who Code, shout out to the team. I remember doing um, the HTML and CSS workshop, and that is how I first, you know, got myself prepared for 3240, which was really helpful. Well, I have to use this opportunity to give a shout out to the CDE. Um, the Center for Diversity and Engineering at UVA has been such an amazing resource for me. Um, it's truly a family um, and just a place to feel safe and to just go when you want to see people um, who don't always, who don't fit into the cookie cutter UVA engineering. You know what I mean? 
Um, and I would say another resource is tutoring. I love engineering, free tutoring. Uh, use that so much. Uh, what else? I think UVA has a lot of opportunity for mentorship, whether that be being a mentor or having a mentor. And I think those, those have helped me a lot. Uh, I've seen myself transition to being the mentee, to being a mentor, which I think is really exciting and um, has allowed me to grow. Another resource that I just thought of is the OAAA peer advising program. We already mentioned OAAA, but um, the peer advisor program is just a whole nother level because when you think of OAAA, people tend to think of the deans and being in the physical space in Dawson's Row. But with the peer advisor program, you get that everywhere socially at UVA and a lot of the peer advisors. The way the program works is every peer advisor gets about four to six um, incoming Black students, whether they're first years or transfers. But what you notice with the program is it becomes a huge family. So, you know, we have PA grandmas where your PA, um, my PA's PA is my PA grandma. Um, and then what you also see is people who are not your PA looking out for you, but you know, they're, hey, you know, this is my classmates PA. I met them through this event or through this organization and now we're one big family. And that's something that I really love and also use as a resource. Um, as a black woman in STEM, I have a lot of um, PA friends who are in the engineering school that helped me throughout my CS classes while I was at UVA. And that's something that I will always be grateful for. Those are some awesome resources. And thanks for the girls and good shout out. That was a good one. What are some ways that you would feel more supported as a Black woman in STEM, whether it be changes in classes or maybe professor attitudes or whatever it might be? Is there anything that comes to mind? The main thing that comes to mind for me is a lot of those, like feeling supported comes from feeling appreciated for me. And it's kind of like, there's an analogy of like, if you dropped a wrapper out of your pocket, you wouldn't care as much, you know, you go, oh, thanks. But somebody tells you, you dropped a $20 bill, you're, oh my goodness, thank you so much. Like they could have stole that from you. But it's like right now, when I, you know, call out someone on a project about, hey, you know, this decision we're making could affect the black community this way. Or, you know, as a black woman, this is negatively impacting me. And if you made this one small shift, it would really help out a lot. And the reaction that I get from that is still, oh, it's never, oh my goodness, thank you so much. I didn't realize how this group of people was inconvenienced or how they may have felt with this product being pushed. And I think if we change those, not even we, because I'm not a part of that group, but if, you know, the white men that we work with or even white women sometimes, yes, they're women too, but they have another level of privilege that isn't always acknowledged. You know, just changing that small attitude from the oh to the oh my goodness, thank you, or oh my goodness, yes, I would love to help. It it would make a big difference and would really, you know, push us forward in just being positive and creating better products in our world. Like right now, a lot of companies are throwing money towards um, black developers like Google just jumpstarted a program to help black women get certified. 
and the educational development yes it needs to be there and yes it's nice to have more black women with certifications on their resumes to get hired but the companies are not doing enough to keep them at the to keep them at the company after being hired um so it's really about i think making the consistent day-to-day um attitude changes and action changes as well um more so than hey let's spend one million to do this you know it it's for me it's more so about the peer-to-peer interactions than a check (laughs) that was a beautiful answer um I guess my mind went more specifically to like during my time at UVA, how I could have been supported more. Um, And I'm thinking like be, if the university was more aggressively pushing resources that could benefit black people in STEM or specifically black women in STEM. Um, For example, like Nesby um, in terms of community where you're alongside other black people who are Um, you know, going through the curriculum alongside you, you feel like you are better understood. Um, And especially walking into a classroom, you know, first day of first year, that's 95% white. And then not knowing anything on top of that is, I feel like I said this before, but it can be very intimidating. And so um, feeling confident that you have a community that will back you and is there for you. I think can be invaluable for Black women in their STEM careers. I think on a large scale, um, I don't think that Black women as a group are always acknowledged as underrepresented. We know Black people are underrepresented and women, but that intersectional identity is not always addressed. Uh, and I, if, and talking about UVA engineering school, they, I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think it's acknowledged within the engineering school specifically. Uh, and I don't think there are resources and it, I guess not being acknowledged or seen can have, can give you the sense that you're not important or your experience doesn't matter and that if you don't know any better that is an easy way to be thinking and I think that that lack of support has can be a cause for a black woman to think they cannot do engineering so I think just the acknowledgement could do so much. There's so much more that can be done, obviously, but that's the first thing I thought of. I want to go back and touch on more about the EVA experience. Another thing that I noticed much more in like my third and fourth year is the lack of Black deans and professors and teaching assistants at, I'm going to say in the CS department, because I did see them in other departments, but Going back to my role as a TA, there's 50 CS 1110 TAs. I was the only Black woman in my three years of TAing. And there was one other Black man my first year as a TA, but he eventually left for study abroad and personal reasons. 
Um, but my entire time as a CS major, I never had a black TA specifically for my classes or um, a black professor, which would have been nice to see and be able to learn from and relate to another black woman or a black man even just in the field. But I was always seeking those through outside groups, you know, oh, Another resource that really helped me in college was DS4A, so Data Science for All, which is through Correlation One. Um, I did a data science and machine learning program with them. So always having those people to reach out to, to learn from and get advice from is very helpful. And UVA is lacking in that matter for their black students. If I might add, and Dominique was talking uh, more about this before we started the podcast, but at graduation for the BACS students, we were actually the only two black women who walked across the stage, not to say um, that there weren't more who graduated and just didn't go to the department graduation. Um, but in terms of like representation and diversity, we were the only two. Out of 247, that's a huge no-no. <laughs> if I might say. <laughs> I was just looking at the statistics for um, the number of, for like the diversity breakdown for faculty in engineering at least. And in 2020, there were only six African-American faculty members throughout the entire engineering department with 159 being white American and others, <laughs> like others distributed, but just six, six faculty members. And there are well more than six engineering departments. So yeah, I've not seen any CS African-American black professors either. Quite disappointing. I was just gonna say to kind of sum that up, representation goes a long way in feeling supported. And you should take note of that. And I'll say this, the, the lack of representation, I think is so expected and I feel so used to it that I get surprised when I actually see a black professor. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. When it should not be like that, it should be the other way around. But that lack of representation is really hard to see. Absolutely. Thank you for your insight on that. And hopefully, you know, we're able to enact change to make representation more important and more of a issue that needs to be taken care of sooner than later. On a different note, what are some of your goals or aspirations? And this can include short or long-term goals, any that you may have. So for short term, I'm really focusing on trying to, one, take care of myself and two, build healthy habits that I can take with me when I actually do start my job. Um, I know a lot of the time people can get burnt out like really quickly. You know, you're coming in, giving it your all and kind of ignoring yourself in the process. Um, so short term, I am trying to make sure that I have a solid foundation for when I'm out. Um, like in the workplace. And then long term, I want to try to, I mean, obviously broaden my skill set. But while doing that, I want to find like 
my niche within CS that like makes me happiest. Like I've dabbled, you know, in like machine learning and AI, front end, back end, all of that. But I want to go more into depth into like what makes me the happiest. For me, as far as tech goals, short term right now, I am working on getting an AWS certification. Um, <laughs> I took cloud computing. Oh, goodness. That's another course that I really loved. Add that one to the list. Um, I took cloud computing at UVA and I really loved it. So I would like to become solution certified. Um, and long term, the goal for me is a the terminology is different everywhere, but I would love to be in data or data ethics on the, it's scary for me to say, but if it wasn't scary, it wouldn't be a goal. Um, <laughs> I want to be in the VP level, <laughs> at least. Um, yeah, so doing data, data ethics, making sure the systems we are making are doing what they need to be doing and affecting who they need to be affecting. I am also like Selena trying to do better with myself. One of the big things that I searched for when I found my full-time role was making sure that after 5 p.m., 6 p.m., I don't need to be checking my email, looking at my phone. I want to cater more time to myself, my family, and my loved ones, so. Well, first I'll say I want to graduate. Looking forward to that. Uh, and long term I think I've, I'm still figuring it out I think in computer science a lot of most people assume oh software engineer which don't get me wrong that's what I'm doing right now but <laughs> I want to really explore what computer science is to me I know I don't want to go into research but I love working with people and that is something I don't want to let go of. So maybe looking into something like product management or consulting, something like that. But I, I feel very lucky to be in a position where I, I have options. I know I'm gonna have options to do something. And I, I feel very comfortable in that. So long-term plans. We'll figure it out, but I just, I know I'll be in a good place. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> That's wonderful. And congratulations again on your current internship at Google. Yes, big congratulations on Google. And if you're ever looking for a consulting job, let me know. These are awesome, awesome goals. Wow, I'm very impressed. I'm very excited to see you all live these out. You will accomplish every single one of them. By the grace of God, yes, I will. Manifest it. What is something that you've created or been involved in that you are proud of? Um, this can include projects or extracurricular activities that you would like to highlight. So one project that I'm really proud of is something that I, along with two other interns, created um, my second year. So we were tasked with like building a website or like a system for the company's recruiter that would take in um, emails with people's resumes and like parse them and analyze them and then like display the um, information on a website. And the reason that I'm like super proud of it is because they still use it 
And so to me, that like highlights that we did a good job and like they liked what we did. Even if they made like other changes to it, we had like a solid enough foundation that they wanted to keep at least some parts of it. Yeah. And then I guess for extracurriculars, I personally have a difficult time finding an idea to start my personal projects. And so what I usually end up doing is taking projects that I've worked on for classes and then just keeping up with them. Um, And so like this past semester, I made a game for one of my classes and I'm still like editing it. And I want to put it online, but it's like not ready yet, but maybe we'll get there. When you're beta testing, let me know. Selena, I can't wait for your app or your game. So exciting. So I'll talk about two things that I think have to do with each other. So before I was president of NSBE at UVA, I was the pre-college initiative chair. And my role as PCI chair was to kind of act as the liaison between our Nesby junior chapter within the Charlottesville area and our chapter here at UVA. And uh, as a part of this, I had the opportunity to work with them summer 2020 on creating a QR application uh, for contact tracing for COVID-19. Uh, and that was a really, really amazing opportunity. I, we, the app is still being worked on today. And unfortunately, I'm, I'm no longer as involved just because of where my position has led me now. But it was, it was a crazy summer. I mean, we're all online because of COVID. So I was back home in Buffalo, New York, uh, Zooming and four hours a week uh, to work with these kids. And we taught them, it was me and one other UVA student and we taught them Python uh, and we taught them mobile app development and uh, they were able to create this simple app, but something that was really close to their hearts, they they decided on this. They knew they wanted to help their community members um, and we just kind of helped them along the way and taught them what they needed to and it it was just just a really amazing experience to see them just get so excited about something I'm passionate about as well at such a young age they're middle school some were in elementary school so another thing I had an opportunity to uh, work on was last summer Uh, I was also here interning at Google but I was at home doing it virtually So um, after work ended, I, uh, for about half of the summer, I worked on creating a curriculum, a coding curriculum for middle school students uh, in this program that's called Buffalo Prep. And it helps middle and high school students that are low income and students of color um, just succeed through middle school, get into a good high school, and eventually go to college. And I worked with uh, some of the people in that program and another teacher that taught the curriculum. Unfortunately, I couldn't actually teach it, but it was a really great opportunity to create this curriculum to help them code. I also put in some things about 
um, that are also really important. So I, I guess what I learned from these two experiences is one, I had the opportunity to make an impact on these students um, of color, especially. And I think that's just very dear to my heart. Um, and also it's so important to start young. I, so many students come into UVA um, and just college in general, not having any coding experience, but then you have students that have been so privileged previously that have taken AP everything. And I'm included in that. I had, I was privileged enough to take those classes, but you have so many students coming in, so little knowledge, and a lot of times get, they feel like they can't do it um, because they're seeing their peers. And most of those, gotta be honest, they are low income and students of color because they're not given that support or resources. So just, I think programs like these and just helping programs like these are what is going to put more students of color and more black women in positions in tech. That's awesome that you had the opportunity to do that and to take the time from post work and just during school to do all of that. Very impressive, very impressive. And I'm sure those kids were very happy to have you. Okay, to wrap it up, is there anything else that you all would like to add or, and I would love to hear what you all have planned for your next year now that you're graduated, what are you going to do? I will be moving to Northern Virginia as a software engineer for a government contracting company. Yeah, that's it. So I will be starting full-time as a technical consultant at Paraveda Solutions, which is a small management consulting company um, in Northern Virginia. And then do you all have any other final words? Okay, so I will just say that as a Black woman in STEM, you will face your fair share of challenges, but overcoming them is well worth it. I would say uh, my last piece of advice for everybody that is, I think big thing is internships and jobs and everything. I think a piece of advice for this is uh, statistically women feel that they need to be fully qualified for a job to apply. And you know, this, this is drastically, I guess, higher or significant for women of color. So just apply to that job. Just even if you don't feel qualified or make that meeting with the person, even if you don't even know what to say, I think just putting yourself out there is so important. Even if you feel not prepared at all. I Once I was able to get that through my head, I think that helped me so much with jobs and school and everything. So just lean on the people you have and um, get that support and confidence. So much easier said than done. I know that, but it will help. So yes, just shout out. Also shout out to Girls Who Code, 
Nasty, Shep, uh, O Triple A, <laughs> CDE, everyone. <laughs> My final thought would just be to all the Black women that are listening right now, never to give up on yourself. Remember, it's okay to change your goals and to just keep pushing forward no matter what. There will always be people out there to support you. Um, even if you don't feel like it, it's just a matter of y'all finding each other. Um, I won't say it's your your responsibility to find them or their responsibility to find you because you never know how it's going to happen. So yeah, just don't give up, stay positive, stay on track, and always remember to love yourself. That's just amazing. I'm just, I'm like, I just love hearing all of this. I'm like feeling so inspired. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I loved hearing all your advice and thoughts. And yeah, thank you for sharing your experience. And I can't wait to see what you all are doing in the next months and years. I'm so excited. Yes, thank you so much. You've been so wonderful to come on to our podcast. We really appreciate you being here. And we're very excited to see all that you'll accomplish. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. To summarize today's episode on Girls Who Code, the podcast, we talked to Selena and Alicia and got to know them and their experiences and accomplishments as Black women in STEM at UVA. Thank you so much for tuning in today, everyone. We'll be back with more episodes this fall. Make sure to come out to the Activities Fair on Monday, August 22nd from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Bye, Bye, Coders! coders.